Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. We've got some important things to share. And, you know, I'm praying for you. One of the things we prayed last night, there were, there were eight of us uh, that met here last night and we prayed for this morning's service. One of the things that we prayed is that you would be hungry for God. And because Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Well, why do you see people eating out of dumpsters? Because they're hungry and they'll do whatever it takes to get some food. When we get hungry for spiritual food, when we get hungry for God, then we'll do whatever it takes. If that means we stay a little bit longer, you know, uh, then then so be it. And, uh, you know, we, I, I try to honor the time, but there's something I honor more than time, and that is what the Lord has to say. Praise God. And uh, so with that in mind, um, how many of you are going to take off in, in about 30 minutes and leave? Anybody? Show of hands. Dylan's leaving. Well, Dylan's the only one. And so that means the rest of you should still be here when I get finished, okay? I'm, I'm expecting that, all right? So here we go today. We are talking about faith, and it is important. Everything we do, we have to bring it into a grace understanding. Why? Because since Jesus rose from the dead, I talked about that dividing line. And since Jesus rose from the dead, you know, there is a page in your Bible. Now, maybe you haven't noticed it because maybe all you ever read is an online Bible. And, uh, you know, a, a, a digital Bible, and you probably don't see that page. But if you have a paper Bible, there is a page in there that says New Testament. If that page were the dividing line, then there would be no need to study. You would, you would, uh, you could divide the word of God without studying. You could divide the word of truth without studying. You could just open to that page. Oh, there it is. Okay, if it's on this side of it, then that's that's new. If it's on the other side of it, that's old. But that's not necessarily true. It's a. It requires study for you to find that place and so if we if we study to rightly divide the word of truth what does that mean that means we are studying to know which side of the cross it is on 
But how many know that there are scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about our side of the cross? They were prophetic, but they were talking about our side of the cross. There are scriptures in the Old Testament that even though they were part of the law, yet they spoke of something on our side of the cross. They, they foretold something on our side of the cross. They painted a picture for us. You know, uh, uh, for instance, there were serpents that came into the, the camp of the children of Israel, and they bit people, and people died. And the Lord told Moses, he said, you make a bronze serpent, and you put it on a pole, and you set it out there in the middle of the camp, and whoever looks at that bronze serpent on the pole will live and not die. But then Jesus came along and he explained that to us. He said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And he spoke of his being lifted up on the cross. And so way back there in Moses' day, he was talking about something that would happen later that would, that would bring in this day of grace that we live in. Praise God. And so just because it's in the Old Testament doesn't mean you throw it out. And, so, you know, every time they offered a sin offering and they sacrificed a lamb, that was under the law. But how many know that Jesus is called the Lamb of God? So it was speaking of Jesus who would not just cover the sin of the world, but who would take away the sin of the world. Praise God. So it was speaking, it was under the old, but it was speaking of better days. Praise God. And so we get on, let, let's, let's flip this, this thing that we're talking about. Let's flip it over. The book of Romans, which side of that page that I talked about, which side is it on? Is it Old Testament or New Testament? Romans. New Testament, all right? Romans is New Testament, but do you know that for the first three chapters of the book of Romans, he's talking about the way things were under the Old Testament. And then he comes to a point, he says, that such were some of you. He said, this is the way it was before, but now here's the way it is. Praise God. Now, we're, we need to receive revelation of the dividing line. Praise God. And, and I heard something, uh, you know, I have people send me videos sometimes. And, and uh, the other day, Araya sent me an awesome video uh, from Creflo Dollar. And he mentioned something that I never noticed before. And uh, he said, that in Habakkuk, there's a passage of Scripture that says, the just shall live by his faith. But when Paul brought that Scripture into the New Covenant, he said, the just shall live by faith. He left out a word. He left out the word his. And so every time that Scripture is quoted in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, 
it leaves out the word his. Four times, uh, three or four times that that, that scripture is, is used in the New Testament, he leaves out the word his. See, why? Because under the old covenant, it was about my effort, my faith, my work, my good deeds. my. But when I come under the New Testament, under the new covenant, I'm no longer, I'm no longer looking at, at what I do, and, but I'm looking at what Jesus did. And then the Apostle Paul said this. He says, I live. He says, no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Wow. Think about that for a minute. I'm going to say that again because I want you to, uh, I, I want to start some, some wheels rolling here. You know, sometimes we gotta we got to lubricate the, the, the wheels and get them going a little bit. Under the old, it said, the just shall live by his faith. Under the new, it says, the just shall live by faith. And Paul said, it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Faith of the Son of God. That means it's His faith. You realize because Christ is in you, the Apostle Paul told the Colossians, he said, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Now, when we start to realize Christ in us means that His life, His nature, all of His attributes are resident on the inside of you. It's all in you. Well, you know, Pastor, that's just the way I am. I hear people that, that they, they mess up in their, you know, they're, they're messing up all the time. They're, they're living in ways they ought not live. They're having attitudes they ought not have. They're talking ways they ought not talk. And, and well, you know, that's just, that's just who I am. At least I'm not fake. Oh, what a, st stop it. At least I'm not fake. Well, you know what? Admitting to your faults doesn't get you anything, except everybody else now knows them. They already did, probably, but, uh, but you know, um, that's just the way I, well, that, that says I don't want to change. That says I don't want to be any different, but it's actually not even the truth if you're a believer because Christ is in you, and how you are is Christ in you. Now, that's how you're choosing to be. That's how you're choosing to behave. That's how you're choosing to think. That's how you're choosing to act. But Christ, the Apostle Paul said that when I was a child, I thought as a child. I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. That's just the way I am. Let's grow up. Let's grow up. I'm going to be calling you to grow up, all right? Because there, there are some of us, we need to grow up.
And so when, when it comes to this subject of faith, you know, we may, this is something I've been saying for years, but I'm glad to hear someone else say it in the same video of Creflo. He said this. He, he said that, and by the way, I'm not preaching the gospel according to Creflo. All right? That's that's not it, uh, but you know, uh, I've been. I actually was saying this for many years now. That that in in the word of faith, and I still consider myself. I, I preach grace, but I still consider myself a faith preacher. Why is that? Because we don't throw away everything that, the, you know. That's not how God does stuff. He doesn't teach us one thing and then well let's throw that away and let's start something new. No. He says, let's take what you've learned, and now let's build on it. Let's build on it. So I am very thankful for the gospel that got me saved. But you know what? I needed to move on beyond that. I needed to move on to the next thing. You know, I needed to move on to the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with tongues. Some of you do, too. You need to move on beyond just being saved. It's more, there, there, are, there is much more. You've, you have secured your salvation and you're going to heaven. But if you love people, which you should if Christ lives in you, because he loves people. And his attributes are your attributes now. So you should love people. And if you love people, we got to move on beyond just me getting to heaven. You know? There's a whole world. Jesus didn't just leave you here after you got saved just so you could come and occupy a chair in church. That, that's not why he left you here. He left you here because there is a world out there that needs the same thing you got. Praise God. Because he wasn't satisfied that the world go to hell. That wasn't, he was not, he wasn't settling for that. He was not standing for that. So, he put his spirit on the inside of you. Now, here is where our faith needs to be activated. I need to activate my faith to reach more people. Praise God. Because I put away childish things. When I was a child, my faith was all about me. When I was a child, my faith was all about so I could get a, a, a car and a house and clothes and, you know, and, and, and take vacations and all this. That's what faith was all about. And some of you got really, really tired of that kind of preaching, you know, because it was all, it, it was all me, 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 and it wasn't really working. Why? It's because you were doing it in a childish manner. It wasn't that you didn't have any faith, it's that your faith was childish. But when we become mature, adult, 
the the apostle Paul told the Colossians, he said, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The word perfection literally could be translated as mature or full age. He said, when I became a man, I started behaving, I started thinking, I started speaking, I started uh, understanding like a full-aged man. And what is, what's full-aged understanding? I understand the whole world doesn't revolve around me. What's full-aged speaking? Full-aged speaking is I'm not always talking about myself all the time. What is full-aged, mature, uh, you know, uh, thinking? Full-aged thinking is I am thinking about what I can do to reach the world. Because it's not all about me and mine and what I can have and what I can do. It's, you know, it's not all about my feelings. So-and-so hurt my feelings. That is, that is one of the most childish things. I mean, if, we, if we could put degrees on, on childish, that would be one of the most childish things is, you know, so-and-so hurt my feelings. I hope I never hear anybody say that. You know, I made a decision many years ago that I refuse to get offended. So, if you think you've offended me, well, I might had to, I might have had to remind myself of my decision. There might have been an opportunity for me to get offended, but I made a decision I wasn't going to be offended. So I may say, uh, I find myself starting to get offended, and I may say, well, no, you decided you weren't going to get you weren't going to be offended. You see, I have the power to choose that. I have the power to choose whether to be offended or not. And I choose not to. Praise God. I'm going to believe. The, the Bible tells us, the, the Apostle Paul, right there in, Rome, in uh, um, 1 Corinthians 13, what, where we've been talking about being growing up and being mature, where we've been talking about that, you know, he says love, if you read it in the Amplified Translation, it says love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. So, if you do me wrong, I choose to believe that's not what you meant to do. You know what? And I'm happy about that. It, it's miserable to go around thinking somebody did you wrong. That's a miserable place to be. Happy place to be. I've got to find my happy place. Well, let me tell you where your happy place is. Your happy place is choosing to not be offended. Your happy place is choosing to believe the best of others. That's your happy place. Don't, don't believe that? Just check it out and see. Make that decision. Just, just try it and see. You know, you'll find out you're much happier because you chose to believe they didn't intend to do you wrong. Maybe they did. Maybe, well, I just can't deny what they did. 
but you can deny what their intentions were because you don't actually know what their intentions were. Unless you can get in their heart, you don't know what their intentions were. Well, I just felt like the Lord just told me to stay away from that person. No, he didn't. The Lord wouldn't tell you that. That's not even consistent with what he would do. He told you to love your enemies. He told you to pray for those who despitefully use you. So if you're going to say the Lord told me, no, he didn't. That's just flat out not true. Praise God. It's time to grow up. And sometimes we got to, you know, I've, I've spent several years here trying to get you to understand grace. I think we're at a point now where we need to get this all, bring it all together, wrap it up, and, 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 and let's talk about maturity. Praise God. Grace is not about you getting away with sin. Grace is not about you getting away with stupidity. You know, grace is about you getting away from sin. Grace is the power that empowers you to overcome sin. I've got to, I, I've got to bring this faith. We're, my subject's supposed to be faith today. All right. And it kind of, it, it is. It is. And, and we'll get to it here. But, but faith works by love. And love is the bond of maturity. It's the bond of completion. Praise God. Now, how about let's get to the outline. I told you that, that the most important thing here is not what I put down on this page. The most important thing is what the Word of the Lord wants to say. Praise God. Praise God. But you see, there have been great moves of God in the past. Throughout history, there have been great moves of God. But every one of those moves have begun to dwindle out. And the reason it, it, we can look at every single one of them and why they begin to dwindle and, and fade away was because they did not have the bond of maturity. Praise God. They did not have love. And you say, well, why not? I'm not being critical of those things. I'm saying that God restored things to the church one thing at a time. Praise God. And he brought things back to the church one thing at a time. But he's not finished. Praise God. Now he is bringing us into, and I told you last week, that the Lord said to me that the next move of God is the love move. This is where we grow up. Praise God. You know, grace is truth. It is, it's the truth. The Bible says, you know, Jesus came and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. So the grace of God is a, is a truth message. Praise God. But grace kind of got off track a little bit because people thought it was a way to get away with things. 
I don't have to be accountable for anything. I live any way I want to. I just do, you just, you know, I just live any way I want to because I'm under grace and not under law. Well, what you have done is you have, you have received the grace of God in a childish way. You know, word of faith. Like I said, I came up in the word of faith. I, 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 cons- I still consider myself a word of faith, man. It was, it was the word of faith where I learned how to believe things I couldn't see with my natural eyes. It was where I learned that God's word is the final authority in every matter. It was the word of faith that I learned that God always wants us healed. He always wants us blessed. It's where I learned these things. But where it got off was it became a judgmental thing. Well, you just don't have enough faith. The reason you have a problem is because you don't have enough faith. It became a judgmental thing. And it became a thing of, uh, well, you know, we're, we're better than you because we have faith. That's childish. You know. And we've used our faith to get stuff. That, that's what faith, be, it, it became all about getting stuff. So you could consume it upon your lust. That's childish. It's time for us to grow up. doesn't mean the principles of faith are not right. doesn't mean the principles of faith don't work. It doesn't mean that's not the truth. But when it becomes a wrongly motivated thing by a childish desire to please ourselves. Praise God. You know, the charismatic renewal. Charismatic renewal was a great thing. People who were in denominational churches that didn't understand anything about the manifestations of the Spirit, they, they began to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking with tongues. And they began to get free in the Spirit and free to, you know, in their, in their worship. And it became all about a, a show of the flesh. It became all about, you know, dancing and, and shouting and hollering and, you know, and, and all these things, and it, it, it just became a, a show of the flesh. Doesn't mean that what it was originally intended to be, doesn't mean that wasn't right. It was. But anytime you get flesh involved, flesh messes stuff up. We got to grow up and be adults. Be mature. Praise God. Now, let me, just, let me just clue you in on something. That anytime, if we're reaching the world, if we're not reaching, then we're not mature. But if we're reaching, that means there are going to be immature people coming into our congregation. So there is no such thing as a mature church. Because an immature uh, or, or a mature church will be reaching people, and as long as you're reaching people, you're going to have immature people. So, there, and, and if you're not reaching people, then you're not mature. So there, there's no such thing as a mature church. So don't expect that this church is going to become mature. 
because there, there is no such thing. But that doesn't mean you can't be mature. All right, just because the church overall is not mature, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be mature. You need to grow up on an individual. Stop looking at your neighbor <laughs> and, 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 and stop talking about who next to you needs to mature. That, that proves you're not mature <laughs> if that's what you're doing. All right, say to your neighbor, say, I need to grow up. I'm not talking about you. I need to grow up. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Now, Paul, Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 is where he calls love the bond of perfection. And he says that we should put it on. When he says you put something on, he's talking about something you deliberately do. You don't get dressed by accident in the morning. Now, some people may look like they did, but, you know, honestly, you didn't get up in the morning and just, and your clothes just came on, just fell on you. You just didn't stumble into your closet and come out fully dressed. You know, you got dressed on purpose. You put something on, on purpose. Praise God. And so, here's the thing. He says, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Put it on. That's a deliberate thing you do. I choose to put on love. Praise God. And you know what? You will find that when you do that, your faith starts producing what it's supposed to produce. Now, it talks about misplaced faith. Faith has, uh, we've had faith in our faith well with my faith I can do this with my faith I can do but I live by the faith of the Son of God praise God and here's the thing my faith is not in what I can do by faith my faith should be in what he did and the thing is he already did it up until that point that we talked about where the dividing line is the clear-cut line the clear-cut line is prior to that time we were taught we were looking forward to what he would do but when we crossed that line when we made that cut we started talking about what he did past tense you know back in the 90s most of you were around back then back in the 90s there was there was a, a, a thing that was going around everybody had these WWJD bracelets and WWJD shirts and you know and hats and all this stuff and you know WWJD and people would say you know something happened WWJD what would Jesus do well I, I missed that it was must have been funny because you're <laughs> but 
but anyway, um, what would Jesus do? One day I was saying, I was, I was preaching, and, and that I, I said something to that effect. And the Lord said to me, what did Jesus do? Not what would Jesus do, what did Jesus do? We need to, you know, we ought to start a movement, WW, uh, no, what, WDJD, what did Jesus do? WDJD, praise God. What did Jesus do? Because that's what's important. What did he do? Because I'm not, one day I was watching Christian television show, and they were talking about standing on the promises of God. Well, God promised this, so we're just standing on his promise. God promised this, we're just standing on his promise. And they were talking about healing. We're just standing on God's promises for healing. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, uh, he said, healing is no longer a promise. Healing is no longer a promise. What? No, healing is no longer a promise. And then he clarified for me because sometimes I'm a little slow. And he said, healing is no longer a promise. Healing was a promise. I fulfilled the promise. I promised through the prophet Isaiah, that I would bear your sickness, your disease, and your pain. I promised to do that. But now, and, and with, with my stripes, you would be healed. He said, but now I fulfilled that promise at the cross, and now it's no longer a promise. Now it is believing I fulfilled the promise. Believing I already did it. Praise God. You know, I, I, I love a, a book that I read some years ago by Andrew Womack. And it's called, You've Already Got It, So Stop Trying to Get It. Just, just the title, you know, just ought to catch your attention. You ought to get that book and read it. You know. You've already got it, so stop trying to get it. Many times we're asking God to do what he already did. That is the epitome of unbelief. This is why we talk about fasting to get the unbelief out. Well, there's where a lot of the unbelief is. A lot of the unbelief is that we're, we're saying, God, we want you to do this. And he's saying, I already did that. Don't you believe me? You're in unbelief when you're saying, God, please do what he already did. He already took your sickness, disease, and pain, and he already laid it on Jesus, and Jesus already disposed of it. Now, here's the deal. I can't see that with my physical eye. I don't feel that in my physical body necessarily. I have to believe what he said. If I believe what he said, then I can feel it in my body. 
if I believe what he said, then I can, you know. So, so here's the thing. That as long as I'm asking him to do what he already did, I'm not going to get anything. I'm not going to get anywhere because he's not going to do it again. You know, oh, God, you know, that is, that is the essentially equivalent to saying, Jesus, would you come get on that cross again? Think about that for a minute. That's pretty sobering. Nobody would say that. Nobody would say, Jesus, come back and get on that cross again. But when we say, would you come and do this? Oh, Lord, just come. Just come and do this. Holy Spirit, come and do this. Come and We're essentially saying, Jesus, come get back on that cross again. But he's not going to. My faith needs to be in the fact of what he already did. This is why I say we need revelation of what he did. Because when I understand that, I understand that he has already done everything he's ever going to do. Healing's not a promise anymore. Healing has been fulfilled. The promise has been fulfilled. And I got to get a hold of that. I got to grasp that. And just because you hear a preacher say it don't mean it's right. Well, we're just believing God with you for this. Now, I, I, I get it. Sometimes we, sometimes we kind of, you know, we, we try to work with people where they are, not where they ought to be. All right? So we're not rude and obnoxious and stuff. Yeah, if we do that, we're getting back over into childish things. You know, I love you, and so I want to I want to help you where you are. Praise God, but I don't want to leave you where you are. Praise God, I want to bring you on beyond that. And over the next over the next year, we're going to be maturing in some things. Praise God, praise God, Father, we thank you today. We thank you today for your goodness to us. Lord Jesus, we don't need you to come get back on the cross again. That's something you already did. You don't need, we don't need you or want you to come get on the cross again. Because what we have is a completed, fulfilled promise. We believe that you did everything that was necessary to eradicate our sins with one exception. One thing that you couldn't do for us, and it is left up to us, and that is to believe. So, Lord, today I pray that people within the sound of my voice, across this room, online, around the world, Father, I pray that today faith is arising in the hearts of people. They're, they're choosing to believe what you did. They're choosing to believe, Lord Jesus, that you came and you bore their sins and you paid every penalty. So 
You paid every penalty associated with their sin. You paid it, double paid it. You overpaid our debt. And Lord Jesus, as I call this morning for people to receive you as their personal Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that right now you said that when Holy Spirit has come, that he would convict the world of sin because they do not believe. Right now, I ask you to infuse them with the faith necessary to believe upon you for their salvation. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I release that word. Now, wherever you are, if you're listening to my voice, I want you to pray this with me. God in heaven, repeat it after me. God in heaven, I believe that you've fulfilled the promise of salvation. When you sent your son to a cross, that he died there and paid the penalty of death so I could be saved. Thank you, Jesus, for being willing to go to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for paying for my sins. And thank you, Father, for raising him from the dead so I could have new life. Today I put my trust in Jesus. I choose Jesus as my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life and for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today according to God's Word, you are saved. You're saved because that's what He said. He said that if you would confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you would be saved. It's what you just did. So if God true, which he is, then that means you're saved. Praise God. Now, if you didn't mean what you said, if you just said it because, oh, well, that guy on the on, on, on line said to do that, or that, that pastor up there on the platform, he said to do that. If you, if you just did it for that, you know, nothing happened. But if you prayed that sincerely and meant what you said, then according to God's word, you're saved. Praise God. Now, You'll go to wolcarlsdad.com. You'll find an offer there for a free ebook, totally free, called I Choose Jesus. Now, we'd like to hear from you, not so we can put you on our list to start sending you requests for money. That, you know, we'd like to hear from you because we want to know that you receive Jesus so we can celebrate with you. Praise God. We want to rejoice with you. Now, telling us doesn't save you. You're already saved. All right? So we just want to know about it so we can rejoice with you. Praise God. Now, receiving your healing is just as easy as receiving your salvation. Praise God. Not only did Jesus bear your sins, but he also bore your sickness, disease, and pain. 
praise God. And he did that because he wants you healed. He wants you healthy and whole. Praise God. He, he, he wants you to be walking in health. That's why he bore your sickness, disease, and pain. So, so how do you receive healing for your body? Well, we receive healing for our body just like we, we believe that Jesus bore our sins. We believe he also bore our sickness and disease. Praise God. So right now, I want you to say this with me. If you, and if you need healing in your body, I want you to put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. Praise God. Yeah. You know, I could call up a healing line here this morning. I'm not opposed to that. And if I sense the Lord instructed me to do that, that's what I'll do. But there is really a better way because when we do that, we can only lay hands on a certain number of people. If you're watching online, I can't lay my hands on you. But you can come in, you can agree with what, what we're praying. You can receive Jesus was summoned to go to a man's house because his servant was, was sick. Jesus, the, the centurion that came to Jesus, he said, you don't even need to come under my roof. He said, you just say the word, my servant will be healed. And Jesus said the word, and the servant was healed. Praise God. So, these are just hands. Now, I have Christ in me, so I can lay hands on the sick according to, and, 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 and they will recover, but it's not me that did it, it's the Christ in me that did it. Well, the same Christ in me will heal you without the laying on of hands too. Praise God, just like that servant was healed by the word. So right now in the name of Jesus, put your hand on, on your body where you name of Jesus I release the word of the Lord to produce a healing and a cure in people's bodies Father I thank you that Jesus bore their sickness their disease their pain he bore it all so they wouldn't have to bear it and now if you believe what I just prayed I want you to just say amen so be it. Amen. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us and remember that God is madly in love with you.